技术手，我都入过学堂。啊，你啲卧底真系得意嘅，简称都系天台嘅。我唔似得你，我见得光。我要嘅嘢，我要嘅嘢，你都未必带嚟啦。I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Years ago, we had the church. That was only a way of saying we had each other. But now, I don't know. It's a funny thing. I, a, I put hate in your heart. The Knights of Columbus were real headbreakers, true guineas. They took over their piece of the city. Twenty years after an Irishman couldn't get a fucking job, we had the presidency. May rest in peace. That's what the niggers don't realize. If I got one thing against the black chappies, it's this: no one gives it to you. You have to take it. Hey, 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 put the fucking gun down. Put the gun, put the gun down, all right? I came here to talk some sense into you. All right, just act professional. I can get you your money. What did you say? I can get you your money. You didn't come here to talk, all right? You came here to get arrested. You got fucking tapes of what? Costello was my informant. I was a rat. Fuck you. Prove it. He was working for me. He was my informant. Shut your fucking mouth. Come on. Get up. Well, what is this? A citizen's arrest? Blow me. All right? Only one of us is a cop here, Bill. You understand that, Bill? No one knows who you you're fucking Just shut up. the fuck up! I'm a sergeant in the Massachusetts State Police. Who the fuck are you? I erased you. You erased me, huh? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Shoot a cop, Einstein. Watch what happens. Well, what happened is this bull would go right through your fucking head. Watch what happens. What, so you can get the parade, huh? The bagpipes and bullshit? Fuck you! Fuck you! I'm fucking arresting you! That's the stupidest thing you could do. Shut the fuck up! Welcome to our newest episode of Split the Difference. I am your host, Jesse. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> We're recording this on Valentine's Day. And love is in the air. <laughs> well, for everybody that's single out there, sorry. Just enjoy your, you know, your left hand. Uh, <laughs> so for everybody out there that... <laughs> hey, what I'm doing. <laughs> so anyways... Today we are discussing two films that are genuinely good. It's uh, it's it's been a while since I think we've had one of these. I mean, well, no, I mean, Rat Race was okay. So today we are discussing Infernal Affairs, directed by Andrew Lau and Alan Mack, versus The Departed, directed by Martin Scorsese. Today I have with me Seth. Hello. And also our good friend Paresh. Don't you mean The Departed? <laughs> The most Boston movie ever made. Good lord. You were going not to start kidding. with Infer <laughs> Yeah, I know. We're gonna start with Infernal Affairs. Mm -hmm. This is a Cantonese uh crime film from two thousand and two. And uh I gotta say I enjoyed it, but I don't think I loved it. Yeah, same. But I'm, I'm gonna defer to, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to Paresh first. What were your thoughts on Infernal Affairs? Okay. So the way I would sum it up, it's like because this is, movie is a whole fifty minutes shorter than the than The Departed. So the way I would, boy howdy is it? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the way I look at it is that it's it's The Departed but fast. So <laughs> The Departed at two point five speed. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much because this movie it opens with basically this the. The equivalent of Jack Nicholson's opening monologue in uh, The Departed, but uh, it goes straight to the police training, blazes through that, and then we're already at the point where 
they're two moles trying to catch each other. And I che- and then I literally checked the runtime for the movies, and I was just like, okay, all this is ha- we're already like halfway through where where we would have been if I was watching The Departed, but we still only have an hour left in this one. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seth, what about you? Yeah, a uh, very very similar experience on on this end. I I I did really enjoy it. Um this I, for some reason um Asian markets were crushing cinema in the early 2000s in a way that just America was incapable of following. We Oh my god, yeah. We just weren't good at movies at the time. We got yeah. better. You know, we had to exercise our way through the 2010s and now we're pretty good how do, at it. How do you make the American market better? You have Martin Scorsese remake your movie. Right. Um, yeah. I, and I actually, I, I watched them in reverse order. I watched The Departed first because I had seen it previously and then watched mm-hmm. Infernal Affairs because I hadn't seen it. And this is like, you, this comparison, these two movies, you could probably teach a film course on why Scorsese understands characters and pacing in a way that nobody else does. Not anything against Infernal Affairs. It was a very good time, but like Paresh was saying, holy shit, this is breakneck speed, and The Departed says, no, hold up. We're going to do a full 20 minutes of character before the title card even happens, guys. We're taking our time. It's important that we take our time. And I, it, it made me enjoy Infernal Affairs more because it was like watching a highlight reel almost of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is like the the best, this is the best parts. I understand why Scorsese kept all the things that he did. There's a bunch of really great stuff in here. So very, very different in how similar they were, if that makes sense. Yeah, this is a kind of like a little bit like District B-13 versus Brick Mansions. Mm-hmm. It's a clone film. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, The Departed is basically a clone. It follows almost the exact same structure and plot points. Yeah. Down to the point where they almost are identical, but there's an extra hour of content in The Departed because they added in the psychiatrist. Right. Right. Th- that By adding that character stuff into the film, it really helped The Departed. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to jump into that too much, sure. but... Uh, with Infernal Affairs, it does feel like it is a bit lacking with its character development. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's this part, hell, at the very beginning, since I don't want to get into spoilers yet for the ending, um, where the the Leonardo DiCaprio equivalent uh, gets kicked out of the Academy for being a hothead. And then the Matt Damon equivalent, he looks at him and says, like, I want to be like him. But the thing is, we don't really see much of the training or anything in the police academy at all. So it just sure kind of falls flat. Yeah. Yeah, like we said, it kind of just jumps right into the the crime um the uh but basically these two films are about moles versus rats. That's <laughs> basically what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's the mole? Who's the rat? And it's basically about this this little conflict happening between their two organizations secretly. And it's it, it's they're both interesting and they're well developed. I mean, this kind of film has been done before. You've seen this plot before, um, but just not done in this style, I guess. Where it takes where the uh, the the original film Infernal Affairs really just kind of breezes through everything. And The Departed, I feel like, takes its time to really get invested with the fact that DiCaprio is really under a lot of pressure and doesn't want to get caught. Right. That it really lays that on very very thick. Yeah, they they earned that two and a half hour runtime. Yes. Right. Yeah. For some reason, I always remember The Departed as being three hours long. I don't know why. Is there an extended cut? I don't know. Um, I I I've never seen one. Uh, Brandon's definitely the right person to ask about that. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I think it's because in general, he he pushes his movies right up to that like almost three hour mark, and mm-hmm. they're paced so well that. It, the passage of time is always skewed for me. Like even a movie like Silence, which is like right there on three hours, doesn't feel like three hours to me. Yeah, and it's a very different kind of film from what he usually does. Right. But, uh, yeah, but it's still still good. Yeah, you know, he's one of the best filmmakers of all time, and for good reason. But with uh, Infernal Affairs, getting back to that, the big big negative I have with the film is I really hate sentimentalism in film. <laughs> I absolutely can't fucking stand it. Uh, there are musical moments in uh, Infernal Affairs that I 
really fucking hate it. I was uh, just about to say the same thing. Um, when Superintendent Wong dies, I was like, this might be the cheesiest thing I've ever seen in a movie. Like the yeah. the black and white highlight reel with the cheesy music. And I was like, oh, holy shit. All right. Nosedive yeah, right there. Am I watching a K-drama? What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> totally, it does not fit no. at all. Yeah, I, I I feel like that's a product of the uh, the of uh, Cantonese cinema. Sure, it's just it's a thing that it, it's it's a part of that culture. It's a part of that style of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it really resonates for me. I mean, the film got positive reviews when it came out. It made a huge profit. It only cost six point four million. Made fifty five point one million. So it it worked. Yeah, <laughs> clearly it worked. Mm-hmm. And this is apparently the first part of a trilogy. I didn't even know that before watching it. I was like, "This is a trilogy. How, what what do you do after this?" Because <laughs> it ends in such a way where you can't, I don't know how he can get to a sequel. But I mean, you know, I guess anybody can come up with a sequel for this. Yeah, from from the little bit of research that I did, the the sequel is going back in time to uh, explore Wong and Han's relationship. Um, oh, so it's a prequel, and mm. they're also both moles in that story as well. <laughs> Oh, of course. So it's like <laughs> generational rat and molding, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest, I, I feel like the raid did the uh, the the mole thing a little better. Raid two, uh, specifically, I should say. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow. Yeah, I feel like that that earned it a little bit better. But that's just me personally because I love those raid movies. Yeah. I'm still hoping to get that third one someday. 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 Um. But yeah, it's like it, it's it's efficient in terms of how it's structured, but almost to the point of being over tightened. Mm. The editing. I mean, I I understand why Scorsese decided to remake it. I don't even know if he realized it was a remake when he was doing it. He did it not. Because he did not. He did, yeah, it's yeah. He didn't even realize. You know, it's it's when um when you look at the style and the editing of Infernal Affairs. I see why I get why they tapped him to do the remake because the editing is very similar in a lot of places, mm-hmm. like quick camera movement, whip pans, but the camera, um, lots of dolly shots, uh, steady cam, you know, fast editing. Uh, the Ooh. tension is kept up when the when the mole or the rat is about to get caught. Those Dutch angles popping in every once in a while. Dutch angles, <laughs> yeah, that really highlight things. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's there are some great things in Infernal Affairs. It's 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 a good film, but I don't think I loved it. Exactly. So, yeah, I yeah. I would watch it again. I'll put it that way. I would definitely watch it again. Yeah, I mean, it's short enough that it's like it's an hour and what forty minutes. This thing barely cracks over a hundred minutes. Right. Yeah. So it's not that long. Whereas whereas the Departed, if we could jump into that, is two hours and thirty one minutes. It's an investment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really an investment. But like I said, I, I feel like, I, I've said this off here, I said that The Departed, even though it's longer, feels shorter. And I think that's a product of uh, Scorsese's editing. He's used um, an, an editor, uh, Thelma Schoonmaker, who's edited, I think, all of his films going back to um, uh, back to uh, Mean Streets. Wow. Whoa. I believe Mean Streets. I'll check that real quick. Uh, is, there, can, is there anything that Scorsese's done that's bad? <laughs> Well, uh, do you do you, other than bad? <laughs> I mean, like, has he ever made a bad film? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I would say Gangs of no. New York? I, I, oh yeah. Never mind. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay, but the first the first twenty minutes of Gangs of New York, though, on that, that hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. But then there's but, the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Then you get to the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Thelma Schoonmaker worked with him starting on Raging Bull. Wow. Whoa. Raging Bull was... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, the first film was Who's Who's That Knocking at My Door? That was the first film that uh, they worked on with... Uh, yeah, with Harvey Keitel as well. Wow. That was in 1967. That's They have worked together for so long. That Jeez. is a impressive professional relationship. Oh, no. Oh no! What? She she also had to edit the snowman. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess if you honestly, that might she did her best. <laughs> yeah, that might make me respect the movie even more that it makes any sense. We were just talking about um, 
<clears throat> branded yesterday and the the, the poor editor that had to rescue that movie in post. Um, editors are have you watch. Uh, have you watched the uh, the folding ideas video on the snowman? Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, we didn't shoot twenty five percent of the movie. Why? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But it yeah. I mean, it, the editing of the Departed is what makes it feel more brisk because I'm so emotionally invested. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, Scorsese. He he knows character. He knows how to get you on board. Even though in the Departed. Every single character is a scumbag. <laughs> right. There is not mm. one likable human being besides Vera Farmiga, uh, Farmiga's character. I mean, she straight up just treat, cheats on Matt Damon, though, so she's kind oh, of yeah, a scumbag, never mind. too. <laughs> I forgot about that part. They added that. Yeah, like yeah. Martin Sheen, maybe uh, uh, Captain uh, Queenan might be the only, yeah. Yeah. and only because he's not in the movie a ton. Right, it's true. Oh, did I ever tell you I got to I got to meet Martin Sheen? Did you? I did. I just I uh, was at the Gaylord Hotel, and um, oh, this is the same day I met Harry Lennox. Oh wow, uh, Martian Manhunter. <laughs> I got to meet him. So I was I was Bastard. years ago. It was like ten years ago. Uh, I was making a delivery uh, of some lighting equipment to the Gaylord Hotel in National Harbor. And it was for some kind of ad. I, I can't remember what it was for. I think it was for the NAACP. And Harry Lennox was there helping out with the lighting crew because it was his his friends working with a production company. And I had to show them how to do the lighting with some of the lights. And uh, apparently Martin Sheen was the person that was talking to the camera in this whole thing. Oh. Hmm. So I'm, I showed them how to do the lighting. I showed Harry Lennox how to do the lighting. And I'm walking back to my truck to head home. And... Martin Sheen just walks right by, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And he's like, "Oh hi, how you doing?" I'm Martin. just random fucking coincidence. I got to meet Martin Sheen and Harry Lennox on the same day. Wild bastard, lucky bastard. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that Snyder cut, guys. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's a good actor. He just got a bad rap on that film, probably. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, it happens. But anyways. <laughs> Back to uh, Infernal Affairs and the Departed. So, with Infernal Affairs, do you think that there's anything that that film did better than the Departed? Uh, who wants to start here? Seth, you want to start? Or I know you got to really think back on this one. Yeah. Oh, no. um... I, th- I actually do have one thing that I think, but this might be, but correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I did like the interactions in Infernal Affairs between the gangsters and the cops better in Infernal Affairs than I did with The Departed. Because I don't think in The Departed that there was really any scene that was the equivalent of in the in Infernal Affairs where the that mob boss is just eating his food or right in front of the cop and is just like, I know you have... Oh, yeah. yeah. I know you have a bowl. Yeah, I know you have I a bowl. I love that. Yeah, there, there was... I really liked that. And, um... I also really like the. It's a game, yeah. It's it's a game between them. Right. I know it's a game. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And um, I also did the Departed have that Morse code thing? Because I don't. It think... did not. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's no. A, that's another. Well, they, they didn't because they had text. They had texting. Right. That's it. That's yeah. it. Right. 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 But yeah, I really like the Morse code. The way that the undercover cop used Morse code to get it, to communicate with the with his partners and how the yeah. And how, which one is the, the gangster mole again? Is it, yeah. So, uh, so it was Chan Wing Yang. That was um, the guy that was undercover in Han's triad. And then um, uh, Lao Kin Ming was the mole in the police. Okay. So yeah, Ming. Lao is the Matt Damon equivalent. Right. Yeah. Lao uh, slowly piecing together what's happening. Like, I really love that scene too. So yeah, but uh yeah, those two things. Uh, I, I think that they did. I liked better in Infernal Affairs than in The Departed. How about you, Seth? Anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think overall the making the characters like the ten percent more likable that they are made me invest a little bit more. I think if if Infernal Affairs had the runtime and editing of The Departed, I may have enjoyed it just a, a hair more. Um, as Jesse pointed out. All the characters in The Departed are just terrible assholes, and 
I need at least one person to latch onto that's a good person in a movie so that I can have some sense of moral justice in a film. Although yeah. you could argue the departed gets its moral justice by the end. That closing shot, Woo! Uh, guys. Woo! Oh god, man, like what a perfect final shot. It is it is inf- what did you say it was uh, infuriatingly good? It, it, like infuriatingly perfect. Just Yeah, it it's <laughs> Just seeing the rats walk past the um, what is that? The Boston um, Capitol. It's a Capitol building, right? Is that is that the Capitol building? Yeah, just like the symbol of of democracy and government in Boston, and a rat is just walking past the railing as it goes. Yep. <laughs> just, I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh boy, it's yeah. so earned. It was just so earned. Oh yeah, I know. I know. A lot. Of people- I know a lot of people have said that uh, The Departed is like lesser Scorsese. I'm like, fuck you. This no. is fantastic. What? This is great. Yeah, I'm. I mean, uh, Leo DiCaprio is batting for the fences in his performance. Yeah. Um, I've always had mixed feelings on DiCaprio. Sometimes he feels like he's trying a little too hard. This one, it feels like he's in his element. Oh yeah, and mm, Matt yeah. Damon for the same thing. That shit eating grin, dude. I wanted to punch him in his face every time he made some kind of stupid joke. Well, it would have been wrong to not hire him because he is from Boston. Right. Like, it, he fits. <laughs> he has that shit-eating grin of, you know, that that very thick Boston accent oh, yeah. you know, that, he, that, he, that he has to suppress for all of his films. Right. Speaking of characters you want to punch in the face, uh, can we talk about how uh, kind of uncomfortable it is about Mark Wahlberg's character, knowing what we know about him now? What, what do we know what? about him now? That he committed actual hate crimes? Oh yes, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, oh and he's yeah, in, yeah, yeah, that. and he's here talking about slamming an Edward's head into the concrete. It's just like, yeah, eh. there's some there's some things that didn't age very well in in this film. Yeah, uh, the use of uh, of language we don't uh, approve of those things. Right, but but it's like you said, the it's a way to get across that these people are scumbags. Going back to our Reservoir Dogs conversation. So yeah, yeah, how do you true. illustrate a main that a main character is an evil person? You make them a racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it's you know just if it hasn't been made clear, cops don't like members of minority <laughs> groups. Yeah, we firmly established that at this point in America. So yeah, it's uh yeah. I guess you would say that Queenan is the only really likable character in uh, the Departed, besides uh Vera Farmiga, who just kind of. Makes a mistake. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and um, everybody gets their comeuppance by the right, end. Right, exactly. And um, one more thing. One thing I do do want to say though is that this this uh movie's attitude on cops has aged very well, especially that one scene where uh DiCaprio is talking with Vera Farmiga in the, in the in her office, and he the the one mm-hmm. line that I want to point to is just like there is no one more full of shit than a cop, except maybe a cop on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, he lays it out how it actually is. The the uh, the Jack Nicholson line from the beginning really popped out to me, where he said, "What's the difference between a cop and a criminal when you're on the other side of the gun?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, these lines are very blurred now in 2021." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Jesus uh, Christ. Um, good. going back to your question though, Infernal Affairs. Um, if I had to point out anything as being better it it's the character relationships um i i think that there's like i guess i understand the uh the motivations a little bit better um in the departed my one downside to it is that like matt damon and leo dicaprio almost never interact um like parish yeah they don't interact till the very end of the movie yeah and like parish said um jack nicholson doesn't really interact with the cops except for that one scene where um uh, Dignam and Queenan uh, confront him after the um, sale of the microprocessors. Uh, that, mm-hmm. That's like the only interaction he has with the cops. And yeah. I think it makes up for it in other ways. However, comma, I think that uh, character relationships make a little bit more sense and I and I enjoy them a little bit better in Infernal Affairs. That did bring up one thing that I actually liked a little bit better in Infernal Affairs. When Superintendent Wong gets caught in the elevator... Yeah. Mm-hmm. As compared to Martin Sheen just getting caught in the uh, like the sixth floor of that building, yeah. mm-hmm. that's the one scene where I'm like, oh yeah, that that's a little bit better. And he's like, okay, the doors are closing, doors are closing. Oh no, they caught him. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That was the one moment where I was like, oh, he almost got away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the one scene where I'm like, oh, you almost got out of there. Whereas Martin Sheen just kind of like, I give up. Yeah, I give up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and, and for every single one of those, you could highlight how, uh, like, think about the, um, the theater scene in Infernal Affairs. It's just a theater scene, and it's kind of, uh, it's short, it's quick. You just roll through it. In The Departed, that scene is like <laughs> a linchpin in the movie. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a fucking porno movie theater. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ, he's, he's got the, the porn theaters actually still exist. I don't think so. We were talking about that last night. We we went looking to see if we could find any on the internet. It so there's this, uh, I, I guess separation between a private showing and a public showing, and you can't do public showings of like pornography. However, you can get around it if it's a private showing. But why not just go to the internet on your computer? Well, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 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 I, yeah, I think that's why they died out. <laughs> I don't know. We have a lawyer in the room, Parish. What do you know about X-rated uh, theaters? Uh, oh man, shit. Um, you would think that of all days of constitutional law, that would be the day I pay attention, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I think it was just like you say. You can't do like public displays. It has to be. It has to be a private uh, peep show, basically. Yeah, because yeah. because uh, the because then there's this whole debacle over obscenity and blah blah blah. I know it when I see it. I'm already tired. Right. Let me take a nap. I I do have a question about that scene for you guys. I don't know because it happened so quickly, and I know they made it happen quickly to get away with an R rating. Was was he using a dildo to fuck around with? Mark Wall or um, Matt Damon. Yes, it was a it was a dildo. Okay, yes. so it wasn't like you're not supposed to think that's his actual dick, right? Yeah, it was a dildo. No, that's not his dick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That okay. I just it, it, the way the scene happened. I was like, are we meant to understand that he's just hung like a fucking donkey, or what was happening here? <laughs> I I don't even think he actually. I think the point of that scene is that Jack Nicholson. Uh, can't even really get an erection anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the point. Matt Damon definitely can't. I forgot that was a like undercurrent. Through I the forgot movie. that was a thing too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of yeah. like impotent thieves of impotence in this movie that I really didn't pick up on on a first viewing. Because God, the scene with the banana with Vera Farmiga and Matt Damon, she's just like, "Do you want to talk about last <laughs> night?" Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While she's eating a banana, yeah, right? Which I get. Which it. I get can it. I just say something about that real quick? Sure. Uh, given the quote the controversy over Scorsese and his views on like Marvel movies, MC movies, people, the little trolls have been coming out of the woodworks calling him like a pretentious filmmaker who's super serious, and they just pigeonhole into that. And I'm just like, look, hey, he did say he liked those Sam Raimi Spider Man yeah, movies, and, and uh, he he did say he liked the Sam Raimi Spider Man yes, movies, and um, but of course they're. They're not gonna. That gets in the way of the narrative, Jesse. That he's the that he's the super serious uh, filmmaker, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of him greenlighting a scene where Jack Nicholson wears a giant black penis and is also a boner joke with a banana. <laughs> well, and and to be to be fair, he's definitely having fun with dick jokes, but then later on, it pays off because we're meant to understand that's Leo DiCaprio's baby. Yeah, uh, when when she's pregnant, yeah. it's definitely not Matt Damon's because we've made it very clear he wasn't capable of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. It's it, it's by adding in Vera Farmiga's character by adding the psychiatrist, it adds so much character to the film. Oh, uh, yeah. It it, it it pads the runtime, sure, but like it it's not wasted time. No. Yeah, it, it's definitely warranted. It, it, it's totally earned. Like, let me put, let me put it this way. Um, and the fact the I, fact that hang on, uh, let me put it this way. Um, in the original Infern- Infernal Affairs, Vera Farmiga's character was split into two characters. I still feel like that Vera Farmiga did more with by just being a single character. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. By not by not having them be separate people, it helps because she has to take her work home with her. Right. Right. Like she she. By the fact that she's in connection with both Matt Damon's character and Leonardo DiCaprio's character, but they don't know it, right? That kind of conundrum right there is perfect, 
It's a little soap opera-ish, but it completely works for this film. I, I need to tell you guys a little anecdote about Martin Scorsese taking me to school. Oh, boy. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so the movie sets up that Vera Farmiga is going to move in with Matt Damon, right? And she's even like on the phone with the movers. Like It seemed to me that was the day of the move-in. And then later, Leo DiCaprio shows up to her old house where there's like boxes packed up and stuff. And I was like, oh, you guys fucked up the, the timeline here. That's a little plot hole, isn't it? And then the scene proceeds to play out with her saying, yeah, I'm getting cold feet about moving in. I have three more weeks on the lease. Like the whole scene spells out why it is supposed to be there within the script. And I'm going, damn, I'm fucking ashamed over here. I'm sorry, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for doubting you, Marty. <laughs> Anybody that ever says that there's like some weird jump cut edits in Scorsese's films, like harsh edits on the audio tracks. Mm. Like, do you think that Scorsese did that by accident or that it was a mistake? No, he did that intentionally. Right. Yeah. Everything in Scorsese's films is intentional. The man is a master of craft. Yeah, I just... <laughs> this is the guy you go to when you want to understand good editing. Him and Thelma Schoonmaker, they are the best at what they do. Right. If we haven't made this clear yet, this is a film that should be required viewing in film courses. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, a Goodfellas is great, but I'd say this is better than Goodfellas. Agreed. Upon recent viewing, I'd say, yeah, it's, yeah, because Goodfellas is three fucking hours. Whew. And it really takes a little while to get going for me. I, I think I think it's, Goodfellas is indulgent. Like, it'll have whole scenes committed to how they make spaghetti in prison, which is, wonderful filmmaking to watch. I don't know how much it really yeah. adds to the movie, so it's very indulgent. Not much. <laughs> Not much. That pistol whipping scene was badass, yeah. too. True. That Oh, oh and Goodfellas? Yes. That's yeah, a, yeah, another yeah. point. Uh, uh, another point I wanted to bring up. I forgot, this movie's almost devoid of action. There are two yeah. like shootouts total, and one of them's very quick, uh, and has giant consequences, and then the second one's the end of the movie. I, I like, yeah. How everyone thinks about this movie is an action movie of the trailers sell it as an action film. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's like that's all the action in the film, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, it's two and a half hours, and it's mostly just people standing in rooms talking. the the the, the action comes from the tension, yeah. the suspense. Yeah. You know there's a mole within the police force. You know that there's a mole within this crime organization. Who's going to get caught first? Right. That's the tension. That's the suspense. That's the drama. We don't need to see people constantly gunning each other down. Right. So it's, it's you know, this is literally Chekhov's gun. You know some everybody in the room has a gun. <laughs> Who's going to pull their gun out first? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know it's going to happen. It's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course the end of the movie, the last one is a, bun a gun being pulled. Right, <laughs> that was the best. Just <laughs> the, starting at his shoes with the like the the wraps on them, so he doesn't leave any evidence behind, and then yeah. just moving up to the gun, and it's like, okay. oh shit. <laughs> and Mark, just Mad Dame is just like, okay, <laughs> it's just you can't get away. Right. He's done. <laughs> yeah. I will. I mean, I will say this does have one of my favorite lines of dialogue from Mark Wahlberg. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that line. It, 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 a gif in real life, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think also it's worth pointing out. Infernal Affairs is really good at that. Uh, Chekhov's gun mole thing as well. They know. Yeah. It, maybe maybe the tension isn't cranked as much across the film, but in the moments where it's supposed to feel like anything could happen, it feels like anything could happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are some scenes I will say by comparison that I think Infernal Affairs did a little bit better. The scene where uh, uh, the uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the one that gets shot driving and he's driving the car. Oh yeah. And he knows he knows that. Um, which character was it? The, What's the mole? Uh, the it was the bodyguard, the, the cop mole. When Chan, when Chan yeah. is, uh, uh, when uh, Chan uh, is, he, the the cop mole knows that Chan is actually undercover. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, "Why didn't I say anything?" It's like, you know, just that scene. I think is a little bit better than it is in The Departed because, mm -hmm. in The Departed, I'm constantly thinking, "Wait a minute, those guys are standing right behind Leonardo DiCaprio. Why is no one hearing this conversation?" Right. <laughs> 
That's the only thing I would say is a negative. I'm like, someone's got to be overhearing this. Well, and <laughs> the way the movie plays it off in The Departed, too, it, are we supposed to think that definitely was a mole in the in the organization? or Because the, the TV tells us that's what it is, but then Jack Nicholson says that's what they want us to think, but I don't know if that's just him being paranoid. I, I don't, we never get like express knowledge that that other guy was also a mole in the gang. Yeah. Yeah, even by the end of the film, there's still questions. Like, who's who's actually a mole? Who's, you know, like, could half of Jack Nicholson's crew actually be informants for the FBI? The reveal that he's actually an informant for the FBI at the very end of the film. I'm just like, oh, so the entire FBI is in on this and they're allowing this to happen because, you know, by keeping crime going, it keeps the cops employed, I guess? Yeah. 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 It's like, you need, you need crime in order to have, you need criminals to have crime so that cops have a job? Like... It's like this is a very fucked up weird jobs program. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like The Wire is all about this. If you've never seen The Wire, that's basically what this is. This is kind of like The Wire in many ways. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Every, like everybody knows these are criminals. Everybody knows that there's evidence that needs to be found. It's just a matter of who's going to get to it first and how are they going to do it? I, I won't lie. The the idea of like a Baltimore version of The Departed where people really hold out their A's and stuff, I don't know if that would be better than the Boston accent. Uh, like, well, I mean, watch any episode of The Wire where you like the fourth season where they go to the, where they have the schools and uh, the uh, the uh, I can't remember the principal of the school, but uh, her Baltimore accent is very thick. Oh, boy. We're here in Baltimore. Going to go down the ocean later. Danny Yosh, the leader. <laughs> oh, God, oh, I hate the accent around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so thankful I don't have an accent. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Somehow we avoided it. Um, <laughs> uh, somehow, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what else is there to say about Infernal Affairs? I, I, I know it seems like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for Infernal Affairs, but there's like there's not much to really say because the Scorsese's film like added all the content. <laughs> Do you think... If if the if the departed didn't exist, would Infernal Affairs be better? Just for the lack of comparison. Oh man! Oh, oh man! Ooh, that's a tough mm, one. That is a really tough question. Um, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, um, without the departed, I don't think Infernal Affairs even gets the attention that it has Ooh. that it would have had, if you ask me. Because yeah, yeah, because. Infer- thing about Infernal Affairs is that it's just a straight, straightforward action thriller movie. It there's really n- all the themes about masculinity and even um, even impotency that we and the relationship between cops and criminals. All that, th- all those themes that we just discussed in The Departed, none of that is in Infernal Affairs, which makes sense because yeah. it's a full fifty minutes shorter, but. Yeah, the closest it gets to having like Infernal Affairs, I mean, uh, that it gets to having to reaching the depth of The Departed is the ending of The Infernal Affairs, which, honestly, I feel like I would have liked the ending to Infernal Affairs better if it had delivered more on its characters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I said, like Infernal Affairs is kind of missing those character elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it really did need that extra time. Yeah, and for those listening, uh, the way Infernal Affairs ends is that, imagine if Matt Damon just walked away at the end of The Departed. That's how Infernal Affairs ends. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get his comeuppance. He doesn't pay for his crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, does he pay for his crimes in any of the sequels? No idea. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would have to do a yeah, deeper I've, dive on I, that. I don't, I've not seen the sequels, or I should say the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've not, I've not seen so, them. So though. the second one's a prequel, and then the third one, they do that split. Uh, it's continuing the prequel, but then also being a direct sequel so it's like a, a split timeline where the first movie fits into the middle of the two different timelines. So, oh, so they what's the what's the Born movie? Born Ultimate. Yeah, yeah, half the movie takes place during the Born Supremacy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's um, <laughs> speaking of, coincidentally with Matt yeah, Damon. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, th- I, I agree. I, I think thematically, The Departed, and and again, this is just you know, Scorsese knows how to add things to to stories like this because the the trappings of the story you could probably adapt this to anywhere in the world to any organization like you could do this in outer space and it would still totally make fucking yeah. sense um yeah i mean th- this is what we always say like all it takes is a good script and good characters that's right it. 
Mm-hmm. Your characters don't have to be likable. They just have to be interesting. <laughs> right. Like Breaking Bad. Like Ooh. Walter White is not likable, he, but he is infinitely interesting. Yes. Like, or characters on the wire. Like they're not good people, but they're infinitely interesting. Exactly. You know, and if I haven't made it clear, please watch The Wire. <laughs> it's a little outdated by today's standards, but it's still really good. I really like that show, The Wire. <laughs> there, there, there's this terrible, terrible movie called Cedar Rapids, um, and it has the, um, I guess he's like the, the chief or whatever from The Wire in it. Oh, is he the guy that goes, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's um. Oh God, that's uh, I think he's the not the uh, mayor. Uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Yeah, um, yeah, he. Yeah. So, uh, or Ronald Wilkes, I guess. Uh, it was his character in Cedar Rapids. Anyways, he's in Cedar Rapids, and his his whole character is he really enjoys watching The Wire. I know. It's like <laughs> the only good joke in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a terrible movie, but that's a good joke. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I think he is from Baltimore. Is he from Baltimore? I don't know, actually. I don't know. I know a lot of the actors that are in that show are actually Baltimore natives. <laughs> Including Idris Elba? No, not yeah. him. He's <laughs> British. And Dominic West is also Dominic West is also fucking British. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> he has the worst accent in that show. Sometimes his, his uh, English accent slips Oh, out. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. speaking of accents, um, only having two... Uh, Boston natives in this movie did it did oh, did it yeah. become very clear who could and could not pull off the accent? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Alec, Alec, Alec Baldwin tries sometimes, <laughs> but doesn't quite get through. Alec Baldwin was at least entertaining, especially when he the fucking Patriot Act. <laughs> that was like that <laughs> killed me. Um, no, I, the the scene where he punches the camera guy. Yes. <laughs> you motherfucker! You fucked this whole thing up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, the unintentional comedy of The Departed. I just seeing everybody just fucking lose. Right. It, just oh, brilliant. Uh, Martin Sheen's accent. Not gonna lie, he like half tried. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't even yeah. know what that was. He's he was cast for prestige reasons. Yeah, exactly. And then also Ray Winston. Isn't he British? Like, <laughs> yes, he's British. He, he, I, I don't know if he was trying to sound Irish with a Boston accent or if it was just his accent bleeding through. He, I love his character. Like, I think he's his whole, like, there's people you punch and there's people you don't punch. Or people you get to hit and people you can't hit. Yeah. This guy's almost, you can't hit him, but he's not quite. I love that, that yeah. like, monologue, but his accent, like, slips in and out pretty often on that. And to be fair, Boston is, like, the hardest accent to do uh, as far as American accents go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Boston is a town filled with uh, Irish history, right. so it's so it makes sense why he would be Irish there. There's definite connections between the IRA and Boston. Yeah, <laughs> so it makes sense in that regard. So I can I can let that one slide. Mm. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't mean this as as complaining. I just I like highlighting that like Mark Wahlberg is just cruising down Easy Street with his accent because it's natural to him. And then, like, mm-hmm. Leo DiCaprio's acting his ass off and doing a very fine job with the accent. But you can always tell, like, oh, there, there's the native. I, I got it. Why was Ben Affleck not in this movie? I know, uh, right? He's probably busy. I don't know. But, yeah. It's, <laughs> what was he filming at this time? I don't 2006 know. Ben Affleck. I don't know. <laughs> Good question. But, yeah, um, Seth. Uh, Those were the dark years. Yeah. Uh, Seth. <laughs> You brought up a uh, DiCaprio's accent, but uh, I think this movie like really fully illustrates what I like to call just the DiCaprio accent. Because uh, what what I mean by that is that you notice that DiCaprio he always talks kind of like this, and and so when he's acting, when he's putting the most effort into his acting, you know, and he seems to do he yeah. seems to do that same accent. Right? So I just dubbed it the yeah. DiCaprio accent because oh. He sounds like Lars Ulrich, the drummer from Metallica, because Lars Ulrich talks the same <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go watch the Revenant. You'll just hear that all the time. Right. All he does <laughs> is whisper. Oh, yeah. Uh, t- for yeah. for clarity, in two thousand six, Ben Affleck did a good movie and a not so good movie. The good movie was Smoke and Aces. Um, what? He, he wasn't so great in it, but you know the movie was good. Um, yeah. The right. other movie he did was Clerks Two. <laughs> Uh, mm. for, for his one right. scene. Mm. 
not playing his character from Mallrats? No. Like, hmm. why? He, hmm. The running joke is he's like three different characters in the Askew universe, right? I don't know. I'm not. No, he's two different characters. Chasing Amy isn't part of the Askew universe. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob show up in it. Oh, fuck, oh. yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he is three different characters. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Have you seen the outtakes from Clerks 2 where he's where his scene and he's uh, he gets the hamburger and he walks outside and just throws the shit across the street? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. The outtakes of Clerks 2 are better than the movie. Damn. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of sad. So. But yeah, I mean, I, this movie would have benefited from more Ben Affleck. Yeah, where <laughs> would, would you drop him in? Like, w- would you make him get rid of Alec Baldwin, put in Ben Affleck? Oh, yeah. I like Alec Baldwin. He's really good at playing an asshole. It's, but I think that uh, Ben Affleck would be I, a good. I place, don't know. Uh, good. Uh, I don't know. I think for Alec Baldwin's role, you needed someone with like some air of seniority to it, and I don't think Ben Affleck really has that. If that makes sense. Oh no, Ben put uh Ben Affleck in the role of um uh with those two guys that are outside saying like oh that's a cop. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. A cop. Pick or choose one of those there guys and and replace There them. you go. There you go. That was Those are both good actors, but I think Ben Affleck would be good in that uh, scene. Uh that scene specifically in both movies, you can tell the difference in like cultural comedy because the way that it plays off in Infernal Affairs is just like this big eye roll, you're such a fucking idiot moment. And then yeah, in The mm-hmm. Departed, it's just these two guys, it feels like Tarantino almost, just these two guys just kind of, you know. Fly on the wall. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, like the way it's shot, it's like it's a flat angle against a building. Right, right. Yeah. You, yeah. you can Almost like you're observing them from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> I love both of them for different reasons. Because I, I was expecting it to play out the way that it did in The Departed. So then when the when the joke in Infernal Affairs was just like, yeah, sure. Everyone that is doing something and ignores you is a cop is like the dumbest thing someone could say. But it also adds yeah. to that character too because he's like just a big dummy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I think it. But again, it works a little bit better in The Departed because at that point in the film, we've heard we've had so much character development with Leonardo DiCaprio being paranoid and going apeshit, thinking I'm gonna get caught. And then he walks outside, and then those two guys go, yeah, you're a cop. Ooh. And he just freezes. <laughs> mm, yeah. That moment, just like, oh, God, they got him. <laughs> like, that works a lot better than it does in Infernal Affairs. That happens at, like, the 40-minute mark in Infernal Affairs or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. But it, we haven't spent enough time with that character to get to know them as a person, so it doesn't quite resonate as well as it should. Yeah. Also, uh, another scene. I, I think I highlighted this in the in the group chat last night. Um, the scene where uh, Leo sits down after um, uh, Jack Nicholson's basically going through his mental snap, and he goes, "You're a cop," and just the face, the the facial acting of DiCaprio of like, "Oh my God, I'm going to die he's, right now." Yeah, he's so close <laughs> to to just losing it. And then it cuts back to uh, Jack Nicholson. He's like. <laughs> I'm just drunk. And it's like, <laughs> it's such a like. Jack Nicholson, <laughs> man, oh my God. Jack Nicholson plays the best scumbag. He does. Yes. Yeah. Oh my Whoa. God. Like the best asshole. I, I also realized something uh, because of this movie. I love the way that Jack Nicholson dies violently, whether it's. Oh, the yeah. Joker in Batman '89, or just his like he he dies disgustingly. It's like it, yeah. it's so great. <laughs> oh man, I love his death scene in this is just brilliant. He just gets shot in the chest and just spews that blood out of his mouth. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and, oh, it's great. And then he dies at a Christ pose. He falls at a Christ like crucifix pose too, is because you know fuck subtlety. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, like the, it, it's been noted that uh, the Departed is filled with uh, Catholicism yes. and and anti-Catholicism uh, and anti-Catholicism because uh, 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 Scorsese is Roman Catholic, I yeah. believe. And at one point, before he became a filmmaker, he was, I believe, intending to be ordained as a minister. Oh, because he was uh, he w- really was going to be- uh, become a, a minister. And then he got into filmmaking, and he decided to put a lot of that stuff into his films. Like Mean Streets, the entirety of that film is all about Harvey Keitel taking penance for his crimes as a gangster. Yeah. Mm. 
it's very on the nose, and I will say Mean Streets is like it's it's got its problems, but overall it's a pretty good film. Um, but then you get to Goodfellas, and then they push that a little bit harder. Then you get to Last Temptation of Christ, and it's like, oh, we're just doing the story of Jesus, but in a different yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would say there's like nothing wrong with Last Temptation of Christ. That that's a perfect. That's film. I'm not even religious, and I love that. That's movie. one of his I've never seen. Um, that. It's genuinely great. I need to add that to because I love Defoe. Oh my god, mm-hmm. um, I would watch anything of his. Have I told you the story about uh, when um, Defoe's dick came out of his uh, his underwear when he was crucified? No, <laughs> I've heard of that. So, so they were they had him up on the cross and they crucified him, but because his under you know his loin cloth was so loose, his dick flopped out. <laughs> And apparently, <laughs> Will, uh, Willem Dafoe is mass—he's—he's he's massively endowed. Yes. And so, uh, I think Scorsese leaned over to his producer and says, "Is that props or animal wrangling?" <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <laughs> so they had to, somebody had to go up and put it back in. The, I've I've heard the story that apparently he had a dick double on Antichrist because the he the director did. said this yeah, is unrealistic we can't use this. Um, yeah, he said it was unre- like that's yeah. unrealistic. So they chose a, a pair of um, I think it was European porn stars to replace them in the scenes of penetration. Right. Uh, yeah, I did just hear some unfortunate news the other day. I didn't even know this. Apparently, Lars von Trier has Parkinson's. Oh no. Yeah, that's why he's retired from filmmaking. Wow. I just saw an interview with him from a month ago, and he cannot stop shaking. Was it? Um, what was his most recent movie about the serial killer? The house that Jack built. From is that any good? Ago. I've never seen it. It's really good. It's really hard to sit through. Well, it's. Uh, I saw the unrated, uncut version in the theater, which got pulled after a day because they didn't go through the MPAA, so it got pulled. Oh wow! I saw it on opening night um, with the person I was seeing at the time, and uh, it's. Uh, it's a tough watch. I mean, yeah. but it's it's a good way to end his career, though. It's a good final. When time. I hear Von Trier, I assume hard to watch. You're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> You're gonna have a good time having a bad time. <laughs> Damn. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> back on track. Yeah. So we're approaching the 50 minute mark here. Uh, I think we can all assume that Infernal Affairs is a good film. Mm-hmm. Just not you're not gonna beat Scorsese, right? There's just you just can't you can't. I would say Infernal Affairs is a good film if you want to see the Cliff Notes version of The Department. Mm. If you just want to knock it out and get it out of the way, it's good. It's well acted. It's well shot. Um, but there are things in it that I don't like. The sentimentality I don't care for, and it does feel a bit over tightened with the edit. Mm. But I think that The Departed because it's. It, this basically is a clone film. It almost copies the scenes moment for moment. I feel it has a little bit more going on, character-wise and story-wise and even editing-wise. Yeah. Like, there's a moment um, when uh, they get out of the porn theater and DiCaprio is chasing after Matt Damon. There's a moment when Matt Damon is standing next to, like, a, like a mobile or wind chimes that are made of mirrors. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, and I was like, oh, this is that scene from The French Connection. Yeah. When Popeye Doyle is chasing uh, the main bad guy around the streets, and there's mirrors everywhere, and he can't keep track of him. Oh, I get it. I saw more going on with that chase than there was in Infernal Affairs, where they're just walking down a hallway. There was more going on in the department. It felt felt like the scenes are longer, but they feel like they have more impact. Well, and they even add to the character stuff in that Matt Damon accidentally kills somebody and has to cover it up. Oh, my God. That that fucking came out of nowhere. And And he never pays for it. it, it, It's the the blurring of the lines between cop and criminal because DiCaprio doesn't kill anybody. Yeah, he doesn't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't. He he beats the shit out of Matt Damon, but you know, rightfully deserved right, yeah, it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but he never actually kills right. anyone. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. the one person in this movie that does not kill anybody. It's, it's those little additions, I think, that really uh, just flesh out the themes. Yeah, Parish, you you hit the nail on the head. the The big difference is there's themes in The Departed, and those are the best part of the movie. The way that they're displayed. Yeah, Cath- Catholic guilt. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Catholic guilt of these people. Because if you're from Boston, you've probably been to church. Right. 
So more than likely, all these people probably follow Catholicism. They all have that sense of Catholic guilt. They're all trying to take penance at some point. And so everyone is just constantly miserable. That's probably why everyone's an asshole. Everyone yeah. is carrying some level of guilt and just feels miserable about right. it. Right. Yeah. That is This is a film all about guilt. Yeah, that is all about a, guilt. Yeah, that is a wonderful like re- like that never even occurred to well, because I never I'm a practicing Hindu, so I know I never really don't really know much about Catholicism or growing up Catholic or anything. So you just like opened up my eyes to a different way of viewing this movie. Holy shit. Parish, I have one piece of advice for you. If you ever go to a Catholic mass as someone oh, who also was not very familiar with uh, Catholicism. It's not a foot rest. It's for kneeling. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's oh. whatever's in front of you in the pew. It's not a foot rest. It's for kneeling. I have. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I've never looked like more of an asshole in my life than going to an ex's Catholic mass and and just propping my feet up on what looked like a very. Co- I was like, man, the Catholics got this right. They have foot rests and everything in church. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Oh damn. You fucking moron! <sighs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. Well, now you. Know. Um, I do want to <laughs> highlight one last thing uh, about these two movies, and th- yeah. um, it's it's something we actually I don't know if we've ever covered in any of our uh, podcast titling of movies and why it's important. Um, yes. So, Infernal Affairs obviously is referring to uh, Infernal or Inferno, which is like hell, and mm-hmm. Internal Affairs. So it's kind of a pun. Yeah. I mean, the film even opens and ends with the quote about continuous hell. Exactly. And the original name for the movie was called The Unceasing Path, which is the lowest level of hell in Buddhism. I didn't know that. I really like that idea. Uh, Parish, you you and I recently talked about Naruto and how um, uh, uh, Might Guy opens the, the different paths. Um, to, that unlocks his powers, and th- these ideas are linked to each other. Um, then you have the Departed, which could have been called Internal Affairs or Infernal Affairs. Like you could have just copy pasted, but instead they called it the Departed, and that word shows up three or four times in, within the movie, and it is always referencing somebody that died innocently. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It never represents anybody that's that's uh, a criminal that's been right. Killed. It's always an innocent individual. Yep. And I really, in in both aspects, respect the thought that went into the titling because easily you could have just called it Internal Affairs and it probably would have been just as popular, but it wouldn't have had the same, I think, weight that comes with that when you stop and think, oh, when they say to The Departed, they're talking about uh, DiCaprio's mom who died of cancer and they're talking about Martin Sheen who was killed on the force doing the right thing and protecting somebody and, you know, they... The way that they reference that, I think it's just really, really, really cool. Or hell, Leo DiCaprio's character. He never committed a right, crime. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's the departed. Yeah. I mean, he did beat the fuck out of somebody, but he had right. to. Right. Yeah, and he didn't kneecap a guy. He was undercover. He couldn't. Yes. Well, well he had to do it because <laughs> if you're undercover, you kind of have to do yeah. some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. shady no, I'm shit. Just, I'm just, yeah. As long as you don't kill anybody, it's it's it, it, you get a bit of leeway. As long as you don't kill anyone, you're right. fine. Be Batman. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. yeah. The title of the of the departed is a little bit stronger, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If if they had called Infernal Affairs the Unceasing Path, I probably would have uh, felt like they have similar depth to the titling. But I'm a, I'm a fan of a good pun. Infernal Affairs, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works for the market. It was totally, made for. Yes. totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the departed. You know, it's like he, he's saying the departed with the Boston accent. The departed. <laughs> departed. Like, yeah, it makes sense. I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah, I think the consensus is that Infernal Affairs is good, but The Departed just it's better. Yeah, better. Yeah, it's better. yeah. It's just you, you're you're not gonna beat Scorsese. You're not gonna beat him. It's gonna be a sad day when he passes. <sighs> I know. Shut up! Don't you don't oh, you speak God. that evil to existence, Jesse? Je- Jesse did it again <laughs> twice in a weekend. Why do you keep doing this? Fuck. <laughs> Joe Dorowski and Fuck. Scorsese, dude. Why, why you have a death wish? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Shit. God damn it. No, he, he's he's got some time left in him. I I can't believe he's still directing. Honestly, he he direct. He is what in his eighties, seventies, eighties, and he still directs films. Yep. He has the energy of a thirty year old. He really does. Yeah. 
because he makes the movies he wants to make. He's never compromised on any film he's ever made. He makes his movies on his right. terms because they always make money. Yep. Have any of his films ever not made profit? Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, let me let me look at Silence because that's the most recent one I can think of that people were like, eh. I think that did well overseas. I don't think it did well here, but I think it did well overseas. I was just about to ask, what's the what was the name of that movie with the missionaries in Japan? That's, yeah, that's Silence. <laughs> silence, yep. right, 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 right. That that one did not make money. That uh, budget of fifty made twenty three. Oh, uh, that one. Uh, I can kind of understand that one because it's what wasn't you know. that the one that Netflix threw back at him, or, or um, a, a production company threw back at him as like your movies don't make money anymore. So he went to Netflix for The Irishman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, Kundun didn't make any money either. Because uh, like budget twenty eight million, but box office five point seven. Yeah, that was shot by Roger Deakins. But too. then right before Silence, he did Wolf of Wall Street, which was like a killer at the box office. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Like he does a movie that makes profit, and they're just like, okay, my next one, you're gonna lose money on this one. It's like, okay, you you made four hundred million off of Wolf of Wall Street. It's fine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you do whatever you want, bro. You go. You go right, right. ahead. <laughs> He makes a good one. He makes one that's just for him. He makes one that's for the audience. He makes one that's just for him. Like, like Boardwalk, like Boardwalk Empire, that TV yeah. series mm-hmm. was for a mass audience. And he followed up the year after with Hugo, which was just him playing around. Yeah, yeah. And then he did afterwards the Wolf of Wall Street, which was made for the audience. And then he followed up with Silence, which was just for him. Mm-hmm. Like he knows how to play the game. Yeah. This is a guy that's like, yes, it's good to make a movie for an audience, but at the same time. I'm going to indulge myself a bit. Oh, yeah. I don't care if you don't go see this movie about Je- about missionaries in Japan. I want to make this. Right. <laughs> and you're going to sit through three hours of it, goddammit. <laughs> and, and you're going to like it. <laughs> you're going to wait to see Liam Neeson show up and just smack the pants off everybody else acting. And you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> Damn. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Scorsese, what a guy. I think because of the Taken movies, my respect for Liam Neeson dropped off a little bit, but then when he pops up for the last 10 minutes of silence and just goes, oh, Andrew Garfield, you think you can act. Buddy, hold up a second. <laughs> yeah, let's let's show you how the real professionals do it. I was like, okay, that's right. This is, this is why everyone loves you. I, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, man. What a good one. Yeah, uh, to sum up for me, I would say definitely watch both. Don't watch them in the order that I watch them. Do internal uh, Infernal Affairs first, and then do The Departed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, watch Infernal Affairs if you were like me and you saw that that The Departed got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, and you were like, wait, adapted from what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or Steven Scorsese didn't know. Right, exactly. So it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's like David Cronenberg didn't realize the history of violence is based on a comic book. He's like, wait, this is based on a comic book? Like, I didn't do it, yeah. yeah. Well, the movie is like so different. Like there's like, what, five yeah. scenes from the movie that are from the comic and everything oh, else damn. is different. Yeah. It's a good comic though. It's good. It's written by John Wagner who created Judge Dredd. Nice. It's a very good, very good comic. Sold. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So I'll go ahead and announce our next episode. Our next episode will be the Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Ooh. The original Roger Corman film, which was filmed in two days on a bet compared to the Rick Moranis version from the 1980s. Whoa. That'll be a fun one. That'll be a fun one because I, I have not seen the Rick Moranis film in so long. I have actually never seen the Roger Corman one. I haven't either. Uh, that's exciting to know. That is the first film, I believe, that had Jack Nicholson. Wow. I think that's the first film that had Jack Nicholson because he used to work exclusively for Roger Corman. Um, but eventually, uh, I think Roger Corman was asked, like, hey, would you ever hire Jack Nicholson back for doing your movies? He said, yeah, I would, but I can't afford him anymore. <laughs> I think by the time Jack Nicholson was at this point in his career with The Departed, it was like $15 million just to get him to sign on to Damn. Ooh. Something like that. I mean, th- I think that's why he retired is that people were like, yeah, we can't afford you anymore, so just, just live off royalties. Go away. <laughs> I think he's retired from acting now, which is a shame. I'd love to see him come back for, you know, at least one more movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, dude, just to see him pop into, like, the MCU or something is uh, just anybody. Just to see. Or no, the, the, D, the DCEU, come back as the Joker. Oh, yeah, that would be great, actually. <laughs> mm. He survived. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
I wonder if I wonder oh, if he man. would do that because I've heard that apparently he hated that experience. He did. He did hate it. Yeah. Why am I going up these stairs? Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he hated that Damn. movie. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys for coming on uh, on Valentine's Day. This was a fun one to talk about. I I love The Departed. It's a fantastic film. Scorsese is one of my favorite filmmakers. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed on all. Looking counts. forward to the next one. Uh, any final thoughts, guys? Uh, thanks for an episode where both of them are good. I enjoy these the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to not see garbage all the time. We needed, you know, th- that's the good thing about this uh, this uh, this show is that, you know, sometimes we get some good ones, you know, back yep. to back. It's not like torturing you with branded. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no more of those. No more of those, at least until next month. Uh, and with that, good night. Good night.